Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. We go now to the Rankage Brothers RV phone line, and we welcome in our good buddy Mike Dugar, 12 for the 12s. Boys and girls will do 12 minutes with him on the Seattle Seahawks, who are visiting the Atlanta Falcons this week. The Hawks obviously coming off a pretty tough loss, 30-16 to the Baltimore Ravens. But I guess if you need a game to bounce back right now, the Atlanta Falcons are the team to play. And we'll talk a lot about the Seahawks, but briefly, Mike, let's talk about the Falcons because they're 1-6, and six and they look awful right now and they may or may not even have matt ryan quarterback in for him on sunday yeah and what's weird about uh, the falcons is like their defense is bad and like their head coach is not only a defensive guy he's a defensive coordinator right and their defense is just god god awful man like they're getting they're getting roasted by everyone their offense will score like 30 points and they'll still lose i think that's happened like two or three times already this season i think their only win is over the eagles and now if you look at the eagles secondary over the, the course of the season, we see why, you know, they were able to get carved up. And also Carson Wentz might not be very good. Yeah, they're, they're a problem mostly because their defense is terrible. But at the end of the day, their offense is still like, you know they can put up 30. I think Matt Ryan um, will, will play. Uh, obviously, they have guys like Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Devontae Freeman. Those are all elite, like, skill position players, you know, with some decent guys in the O-line. But uh, they've been putting a lot of bad spots you know, having to pass block a ton just because the defense will get them down by like 10 or 15. It's like, all right, cool, now we got to huck it. Uh, but, yeah, like you mentioned, if there's any team to bounce back from a loss from, it's either like Miami's number one, Washington's probably two, and then uh, Atlanta is probably three. So the Seahawks are uh, in a good spot to get another win. It's so interesting because I agree with you. Those three teams are definitely the three teams to bounce back with but since he's in there somewhere since, too. since he's in there somewhere too but it's crazy to think though the dolphins have been 
spiraling down and I are assuming I mean you assume they're almost to rock bottom if they're not I don't know what is uh, but same I mean same thing with the Redskins Redskins have just been an awfully run organization for two decades but Atlanta was really good recently so I I just think it's so fascinating how do they get to this point but I think it also just shows the ebbs and flows of the NFL so I mean what do you think of just that element of the league Mike just the fact that one season you could be in the Super Bowl, two years removed from that you can be the Atlanta Falcons right now. I mean, there's there's two things I think about. One is that the Seahawks organization is very well run. Uh, Pete Carroll is a very good coach. And he's even if the X's and O stuff gets a little questionable, the, the maintaining the focus, the cultural stuff, like all that stuff that just really doesn't manifest itself on a stat sheet or wins and losses, it doesn't seem very tangible. You can tell that over time it separates itself from the other teams, you know, like look at the Panthers after they went to the Super Bowl, you know, look at the Broncos after winning it, look at the Falcons after being there, look at Philly now after winning it. I mean, you, I, I don't know if you guys saw Orlando Scandrick basically like, yeah, those dudes are a mess. And Malcolm Jenkins is just like, man, screw you. Like, look at the, the yeah, Philly after uh, winning the Super Bowl. And, yeah, none, this is all teams in the last, like, few years. So part of that is because in the NFC there's just, Whatever the league is trying to accomplish in terms of parity, it's only happening in the NFC. <laughs> like You're it's basically right. just the Patriots versus some NFC team every year. Like that is just no joke. I think the last like three years it's it's been that. Like it, it looks like it's gonna be that again, right? Like if it was Patriots Niners at the end of the year, no one would be very shocked or Patriots Saints, which I think it's going uh to be. So there's there's that part. The parity is only happening in one part and the other part is that yeah, whatever the Seahawks are doing, well, not whatever. I've written about what they're doing. But what Pete Carroll has going was kind of like a self-sustaining uh, cycle of, like, belief in the in the goal into that, you know, final blade of grass. Those, all those cliches he uses, you know, always compete, uh, you know, about stuff about finishing, being all about the ball, like how the quarterback kind of reemphasizes all of those things on the field. I guess that works, man. Like, the Seahawks, Never stink. <laughs> they barely ever get blown out. They never stink. They got they you know they lost the Super Bowl and then made the playoffs that very next year and then made the playoffs the year after that. Missed it and then made the playoffs the year after that. You know they're never really out of whack and that's that's rare in the NFC as as you can see. Like even the Saints have had you know rough years. Packers too. The Seahawks are like the only team that really has it. Mike Dugard joining us as he does every Friday. Give you 12 for the 12s. He covers the Seattle Seahawks for the Athletic. You can find him on Twitter at Mike Dugar. And, Mike, let's talk about the Seahawks more specifically right now. And I want to talk about the offensive line a little bit because they are banged up right now. A couple of guys who, you know, whether Dwayne Brown, George Font, both uh, uh, limited. Jermaine Effetti did not practice yesterday. So this is a, a unit that has been much improved, obviously, from a couple of years ago, but also is going through it right now with uh, with guys being available. Where are we at with the offensive line heading into the weekend? Man, like, they use the distinction of questionable on, the, like, the injury report, but it is, like, true to every letter of the word, like, this week. No idea what happened to Jermaine Effetti. Right. I'm pretty sure, uh, you know, Pete Carroll will shed some light on it. Or he won't. You know, it depends on what mood he's in uh, on a Friday afternoon. But, like, no idea what happened there, how severe it is. Uh, no idea if, you know, George Fent is going to have to sub in for, for Jermaine or sub in for Dwayne. If that happens, what happens to DeMarco? Does he sub in for Dwayne or sub in for Jermaine? And then, okay, DJ Fluker's back, so he takes his right guard spot back. Okay, but wait, then if George is healthy and Dwayne's healthy, does Jamarco play still? Like, what's, you know, there's just so much stuff going on there. 
the good news is the Falcons' D-line is back. So uh, <laughs> it may not matter who plays. But at the same time, you know, I'm very skeptical, skeptical of, like, when there's battle lines out there and there's backups because it only takes one play in this league. And it's like your season's, you know, your season's in the toilet unless you have Teddy Bridgewater. And the Seahawks, last time I checked, don't have Teddy Bridgewater. So uh, I'll be looking real hard at the O-line this week. Because, like, that's it's scary, man. Like, the, everything really is just riding on resting perfect. You look at the games, you know, that, that they've lost. You know, it's required, like, if there is some mistake for Russ to somehow make up for it, throw for a bunch of yards, and move everything, and protect the ball really well. And when that stuff doesn't happen, when he's not, like, next to perfect, you know, they lose. And they, he was next to perfect, and they still almost lost to the Rams. And so, yeah, the, the O-line stuff is – I usually try to make people not worry so much, but that's kind of something to worry about, especially if – you're missing Dwayne and Jermaine, you know, against the Falcons. I know one of the talking points throughout the season for the Seahawks has been bolstering the pass rush. When will Ziggy Ansah and Jadavion Clowney be able to truly be 100% to do that? I know Clowney's made some plays, but what have you thought of those guys' progress, and, and do they still need to come along for Seattle to be uh, adequate in that area? Yeah, they definitely need to be much, much better. It's weird because they're doing things, like everything but rest the pass there, right? I think I, they both might have a pass defense. Obviously, Clowney has a pick six. They both have fumbles forced and fumbles recovered, I believe. Just everything but, you know, what we expect them to do. It's weird. I think they have, like, one sack each. Uh, Shil Kapadia, or one of our national guys, the athletic, uh, was, like, he writes a column every week where he picks, you know, against the spread or, you know, he makes his, his picks every week. Like, his stat on the Seahawks, he picked the Seahawks. But one of the things he mentioned was that through seven weeks, the Seahawks have produced a sack or a quarterback hit on just 10.9% of opponents' pass plays. That's the worst in the NFL. Like, good gracious, that is just atrocious for a team that has, you know, talented defensive linemen. So, I don't know what it is. I don't know if something just needs to click. Maybe they just need some adversity or something on the road to get it going. Maybe they need a rah-rah speech from Jay Reed. I don't know. But somebody needs to light some fire. And I know last year against the Green Bay Packers when they weren't performing well, Clint Hurt, I think he threw a projector at a wall and broke it. So perhaps they need to break something in there you go. to get the pass rush Yes, going. ruin the electronic equipment. That will ignite any pass rush. I think that's proven uh, for sure. Mike Dugard joining us, covers the Seahawks for the Athletic. Mike, one thing that you can say about Seahawks teams, even under Pete Carroll, is that occasionally, occasionally, they will travel to the East Coast and not get off the plane. They they have put up some stickers, especially first halves of some games when they're traveling to that Eastern time zone. Is there any worry of that rearing its head again here against Atlanta? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It wouldn't surprise me if that, even if they end up winning by like 20, that their first three drives are three and out, three and out, three and out. Right. No lie. Like, that's just what what they do, you know. Like, look at how great they eventually looked at, like, uh, some good examples. Pittsburgh, you know, the bad start at Cleveland. Even last year, I don't think their start at Carolina was great. Maybe it was. I can't, I can't remember. But, you know, they, yeah, they struggled. But they did that at home, too. You know, look at the Vikings last year, Monday Night Football, and they fumbled in the first play. I think Chris Carson fumbled. Like, you know, it's just so weird, these, these slow starts. I think there was, like, a, what, one drive last year where they went down and got a touchdown on the opening drive? Uh, which is just, and it ended like some ridiculous streak of games too. So yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. I say come out, stink, 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 and then just blow the Falcons out by like twenty. 
Let's get to that right now. I mean, you, we, we, we are hanging, it seems to me. I mean, the Seahawks, the loss last week, I think exposed some things about Seattle. I think it also showed some things about uh, Lamar Jackson. By the way, I didn't even ask you. He's fast, huh? That Lamar Jackson, he, 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 can, he can scoot a little bit, huh? Man, I'm in Atlanta right now, and I think the next Michael Vick is number eight over there in Baltimore. No that doubt. Has a, he has a different gear. He's so shifty. I think he's a little shiftier than Mike Vick. And that, like, Michael Vick was, like, a really good running back where it's, like, Lamar has those same traits and also the shiftiness of, like, a Doug Baldwin where he can just stop on a dime and move, like, laterally in just ways that we don't usually see dudes, you know, playing quarterback uh, be able to move. So, yeah, no, he – you want to talk about things to expose. He exposed that they can't stop Lamar Jackson. Yeah, like, exactly. The well, in the world to be exposed because no one can. But, like, yeah, it looked bad last week. The only quarterback who might be faster than Lamar Jackson, of course, is uh, Matt Ryan with a sprained ankle. You know, he's very quick, too. Uh, here's here's my assessment, though. Everybody's picking the Seahawks to win this game. I'm sure you are. Coulter and I certainly are. But that has, it seems to be, more to do, really, with how bad Atlanta has been than it does about, you know, the Seahawks, who I think still have some questions. And, again, the two winning teams that they've played, they've lost those games. They're not playing a winning team this week, so you go, okay, Seattle probably wins, but this is the game on the schedule. What do you got this Sunday happening? I think they win by double digits, uh, probably 29 to 16, I would say, something like that. Um, yeah, I think it's part of what you said. The, yeah, the Falcons are bad. Also, the Seahawks are, prop, are, are good. The Seahawks are good. How good, we'd have to debate for hours and hours and hours. But they are a good team. Yeah. Right? It, beating the teams you're supposed to beat, is a prerequisite for being good. So they are a good team. Are they a great team? Probably not. I think there's only one great team uh, in the NFC, and I think it's New Orleans. So, yeah, they're not great, but this combination of, like, Russell Wilson and a really, really good passing offense, which the Seahawks still do have, even though they weren't great against the Ravens, the combination of that and the Falcons, whose coach may not be employed, you know, Monday morning. So it's, it's both of those things making me pick the Seahawks to win by a couple touchdowns. Mike Dugar, he covers the Seattle Seahawks for The Athletic. You can find him on Twitter, at Mike Dugar. He joins us every Friday, 12 for the 12s. In the books once again, Mike, as always, appreciate it. Enjoy the game. Enjoy Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Should be nice. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm going to enjoy the stadium, the city, the game, all of it, man. I love it. Thank you for having me be uh, coming off a loss and going to Atlanta, one would think, uh, particularly this week. Of course, the games that you're really supposed to win, sometimes they come with the most amount of stress. So we'll see uh, how the Seattle is able to fare on Sunday. Again, that game right here on ESPN Radio for you. We are the official Seahawks affiliate of Western Montana. 9 a.m. pregame show, kickoff at 11, and uh, obviously a full postgame show, locker room comments, press conferences, etc. there. We'll take a quick break. On the other side, Games against the spread. We got five of them, 40. We took your input. We picked some of the big ones uh, this weekend. We will give you our takes on this, the NFL weekend, right after this. Hey, cleaning your gutter is not fun, okay? Don't do it. You could get injured, and at 
even if you get out of it unscathed, you're still going to waste a lot of time and probably not do a great job, okay? Go to MissoulaGutterCleaning.com. MissoulaGutterCleaning.com. Get an estimate right now, and when the job is done, they're going to give you a present. What do you think about that? $20 gift card to your favorite brewery or coffee shop. MissoulaGutterCleaning.com. Don't walk on the roof. Don't go up the ladder. Don't fall off either of them. Let them do the work. Get your time back. Get your weekend back. Enjoy football and let your gutters get cleaned by them. MissoulaGutterCleaning.com. Colt, there's something people may not know about us, but we work at a company. Imagine that. We don't just broadcast from our bedrooms. I mean, I've wanted to work from home, but the studio is here, and we also do sales things, and we also have a marketing department, and we also have a general manager and a program director. We are a very integrated unit here. We even have office telephones. The only voicemail you have that's not full. That is a fact, and it's not full because Blackfoot gives me enough space to have it all. And Blackfoot has all the things that we use for our business to make it run functionally. In fact, did you know that today's phone solutions are changing the way businesses operate? To communicate more effectively with colleagues and customers, companies are turning to hosted voice. You know what they call hosted voice solutions? VoIP. What is VoIP? Well, they're the hosted voice solutions that keep up with the business demands. And Blackfoot has their own hosted voice solution, or VoIP. It's called Ergo. Sounds elegant. Ergo certainly is elegant. It's also secure, scalable, and state-of-the-art with 24-7 local account management and support. If you're interested in learning how Ergo can support your business needs, visit goblackfoot.com slash voice to learn more. One more time, it's visit goblackfoot.com backslash voice. Blackfoot takes care of us, Coulter, and it can take care of you. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. Good afternoon, Ryan Tutel, Colton Nuanas, 102.9 ESPN Sports Center. After a year off, the Grizzlies renew their rivalry with Eastern Washington tomorrow. The number 10 Grizz hosts the Eagles and look back to bounce back from a lopsided loss at Sacramento State last week. Eastern lost in similar fashion at Sac State earlier this month. The Grizzlies and Eagles are both 2-1 and one in Big Sky Conference play, but Montana is 5-2 and two overall. EWU has already lost four games in seven outings. Eastern Washington is led by All-American quarterback Eric Berrier. Montana's Senior All-American candidate Dalton Sneed is doubtful, meaning Cam Humphrey will play his first start under center if Sneed can't go kickoff at noon from Washington Grizzly. Montana State hits the road to Grand Forks, North Dakota for the final Big Sky game between MSU and North Dakota, University of North Dakota. Next season, UND officially joins the Missouri Valley Football Conference. The Fighting Hawks 3-0 with the Alaris Center this season, a stretch that includes wins over number 24 Sam Houston State and number 12 UC Davis. In prep, action, in prep action, Missoula Hellgate looks to bolster its playoff resume against the number one team in the state. The Knights play at Butte High on Friday night. Missoula Sentinel hosts Kalispell Glacier as the Spartans, the number three team in Class AA, try to keep pace with Butte and Billings West. Big Sky has the week off. Helena and Great Falls, they have crosstown matchups this evening. Also, World Series, Game 3 tonight on ESPN Radio. Zach Grinke versus Anibal Sanchez from D.C. Just over 30 minutes from first pitch of game three on ESPN Radio. Let's go. It's Tutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Hi, how we doing? Great to be with you. Thanks for hanging out with us for broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula, Highway 83 in Sealy online at KurtzPolaris.com. 
Hey, Coulter, uh, by the way, we still have not given the word of the day. We will give the word of the day before the end of the show. You text it in. I'll give you the number, 200 You text in the word of the day. You will be entered to win a keg and kegerator from Great Burn Brewery and Fred's Appliance, respectively. So stick around for that. But it is time, Coulter. To do our picks against the spread, we do this every Friday. It's thanks to Katie O'Keefe, our friend down there, at Katie, friends at Katie O'Keefe's, setting this up for us. And Coulter, five NFL games against the spread uh, from this weekend. We'll do some regional stuff and some big game stuff. We start with the Denver Broncos at Indianapolis. It's in the early window on CVS television. The Broncos, a five-point underdog at the Indianapolis Colts. What do you think about this football game? Well, the, the Broncos suffered a just seemingly endless, I mean, a month-long worth of close losses. Right. And they broke through and won a couple close games against the Chargers and the Titans, but I don't know if either of those teams are very good. And, and then they got they hammered, Got man. hammered by the Chiefs. A game and they had finally gotten into a spot where there was a big game for them, and they got rolled up by Kansas City. Yeah. Uh, so, Denver, I mean, I think we're starting to get confirmation of what we – Maybe didn't want to believe early just because I think that the Broncos have a lot of talent on defense and mm-hmm. they're just not functioning on offense. I mean, if you blitz and or pressure Joe Flacco, he's just been bad. I mean, yeah. he's been one of the worst in the league. He, he doesn't look like a veteran quarterback. He looks like a rookie quarterback. And that sort of regression, I think, is concerning. And then when you look at the Colts, the Colts have been really good. They've run four out of their last five. Uh, they beat the Texans last week, the Chiefs the week before that. So uh, the the undertold story of the Colts is the offensive line. The offensive line is really good. That has then helped them operate. And Jacoby Brissett is playing at a pretty darn high level. I mean, he's playing a lot better than I think a lot of people expected him to play. Uh, So I think that, I think, I mean, the spread's about right. I would have said Indy as a seven-point favorite, and I, I would pick Indy to win by seven. If it got up to that number, so I'm going to take Indianapolis to cover minus five. Yeah, it's it's interesting because Indy's been you know two impressive wins over the Chiefs and Texans. I think that win over the Chiefs is maybe one of the most impressive victories I've seen this season by anybody in the NFL. The way they uh, held that prolific Chiefs offense when when Pat Mahomes was still rolling to 13 points. They lost though to the Raiders and Chargers. I mean, those are the two losses they have to two. The, the Raiders may be at best okay, and the Chargers are just bad. Yeah. And I realized that was the first game of the season, but uh, you know, you get the good wins, that's great, but the bad losses are also not good. I think Denver's got a puncher's chance in this football game, uh, but I do, I do like Indy to win it. I think, though, Denver keeps it close, and I, I will take the Denver Broncos to cover the five-point spread. I think uh, after what happened last week, they need to sort of rally a little bit. And again, I don't think anybody's blowing anybody out, so five points becomes a bigger number than than if it was you know going to be a real high-scoring game. So I'll take Denver to cover the, 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 the plus five. I mean, Indianapolis, yeah, they've won their games by two, three, six, and seven points. So they haven't been any better than a touchdown, better than anybody right. else. They are at home. Uh, so, I mean, I don't know. It, this is That's a really good number, it I is. think. Yep, I agree. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks at Atlanta. We talked, obviously, just now with Mike Dugar about this. The Seahawks, a seven-point favorite in Atlanta. Uh, this is really weird to me, man, because I, I feel like this is a little bit of a trap game for Seattle in the following respect. They got to travel, as we talked about. But also, I don't think people appreciate, like, really how banged up they are on the offensive line. I mean, if Afedi and Font can't go, 
they are they're in trouble on the offensive line. And okay, yeah, Atlanta's got a bad defensive line. You know, at some point, it doesn't matter if you got nobody to go, to, to to play uh, on the offensive line for you. That said, I mean, Atlanta has just been terrible, man. And especially, I mean, they haven't been awful. Often, in fact, they've been pretty good offensively, but they've been so bad defensively, and it just feels like a team that that just can't really rally right now. So I'll take Seattle, especially in the game that they need to win. I know that Seattle, quote unquote, only plays close games, but they lost by fourteen last week. Let's say they win by fourteen this week, so I'll take them and lay the seven. I mean, the defensive line is the least of Atlanta's problems, honestly. Their defensive line, I mean, Grady Jarrett and Vic Beasley during the 2016 season were both excellent players. I mean, first of all, what happened to Vic Beasley? I mean, he was 15 and a half sacks in 2016, the year Atlanta went to the Super Bowl. He's got 11 11 sacks total since then. But to me, the symbiotic relationship is underrated. They can't cover anybody. Their secondary is, is what sucks. And that's why those guys aren't producing at the level. I mean, they've just been getting picked apart in the defensive secondary. When you're going against Russell Wilson, who's going to be out for blood after the disappointing loss of the Ravens at home last week. I know there's this narrative uh, that you and Mike Dugar talked about about when they, the Seahawks go across the country, the Eastern time zone, they, just, they haven't played well from time to time. The Falcons suck. <laughs> and Russell Wilson's going to be hungry to get back on track. I mean, I think that the Seahawks are going to win this thing going away. Okay. The Cleveland Browns at the New England Patriots. The Patriots 7-0, and the Browns 2-4. and The Patriots are a favorite. Stunner. 11 points, the number on this one, Coulter. The uh, 11 points for the New England Patriots. I well, Honestly, I'm not going to ever say anything about the Patriots besides that they're just going to cover the spread and roll uh, from here on out because after watching them against the Jets, you know, I, like I said, I like to just take the egg and crack it squarely on my forehead so it gets all over my face. <laughs> I thought that, you know, the Jets are terrible. That was a 17-point spread, and I thought that the Jets would be able to at least fight and lose by two touchdowns, and they couldn't even do that. I mean, pa- the Patriots... They were just toying with them. I mean, they were just like putting them on a string, and here we go. We're just going to shut you out. The Patriots' defense is seriously uh, unreal. It's unreal. I mean, they have the best secondary in the league. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking about it's the best defense in the league. I mean, they are absolutely the best defense in the league, but, I mean, we talk about all the big-name guys that yap their mouths all the time. There's always been that guy who wears the crown of the best shutdown corner in the league, whether it was Deion Sanders up through Charles Woodson through Darrell Revis. And those guys, and Jalen Ramsey's probably that guy right now, but those guys always tell you that. But I mean, make no mistake, Stephon Gilmore is the best corner in the league. He is. He's the best cover corner in the in the league, and they have the best secondary in the NFL. One of the best secondaries I've seen in the league in a long time. And then you splice in the other personnel. I mean, Dante Hightower, Jamie Collins, one of the best linebacker duos in the in the entire NFL. I mean, they just they have so many good players and. Oh, by the way, they have the best defensive coach in the history of football. It does seem like the uh, players on the field, the matchup is a somewhat interesting one. What is not interesting in terms of a matchup is the coaching matchup. Freddie Kitchens and you know him trying to figure it out against Bill Belichick, I think, is a bit of a lost cause. So I got the Patriots winning this thing and covering the 11 points uh, at home against the Cleveland Browns, who... You know, just simply haven't turned the corner. And I don't know if they will turn the corner this season. Philadelphia at Buffalo, Coulter. The Eagles, 
a road underdog at this in this game, one and a half points. Uh, you know, I've been on Philly this whole season. I think they are, you know, good. I like Carson Wentz and so forth and so on. I'm, I am, I am ready to. I'm, I'm, I'm close to ready to just bail and be done with the Philadelphia Eagles for this year. I mean, they, they are not playing good football. They're not stopping anybody. They're not really scoring. I thought at least offensively that with the return of Carson Wentz that they would be better than they've been, and they just haven't been. Uh, Buffalo also, by the way, not a great team, but they've been good. They're good defensively in particular at home. But this is, to me, all about the Philadelphia Eagles and what they haven't been. They certainly I think, seem to me to have the talent to, to do it, but they haven't done it. And they keep not doing it. So I'm going to take the Buffalo Bills at home, tough place to play in Western New York, to to win this football game and win it by at least two and uh, cover the one and a half points. Yeah, I mean the, the Eagles. They've had some injuries, particularly to uh, Jason Peters, their left tackle. But they also have all the the makings of what is and what can become just a dysfunctional and toxic team. I mean. Alshon Jeffries and Nelson Aguilar are fighting with reporters over reports that those guys can't catch the ball when they have struggled to catch the ball. So whenever you're going back at the media, that signals disgruntled. And, you know, it's the whole story of the locker room not buying into Wentz last year, and everybody came to his defense and said that's just not true. But a lot of those guys that came to the defense are not on the team anymore, and so maybe that port is true. Regardless, if, if you're talking about it, it's a distraction. Yeah. Orlando Skandrick after the game last week was like, this locker room's fine. We're fine. We get along. When you're going out of your way to address it, it, to me it just reeks of not being okay. And you just wonder, there's certain elements in the league where when a coach has been successful but he doesn't have the pedigree or the long-term resume to have job security, and, and then all of a sudden the scuttle starts mounting. I mean, Doug Peterson was so great and led them all the way to the Super Bowl, but then has been very average since then, and people have figured out their offense, and they figured out their schemes. So where are we at with the Eagles? Where are we at with Doug Peterson? As soon as someone starts talking about that guy's on the hot seat, I mean, we're, we're about to watch it burn down in Atlanta. We're about to watch that whole thing burn down. Because, oh, yeah. Because that, he, his seat, is, Dan Quinn's seat is on fire, and it ain't going to get better. And whenever that happens in the middle of the year, that's when the dysfunction just gets rampant and I just think that's what's exactly happening with Philly. They've just looked really bad the last couple weeks. They well, look terrible against the Vikings. Vikings killed them and so did the Packers. So And so did the Cowboys. And so did the Cowboys. Week. Right. But when Skandrick was released now this week and he had plenty to say uh about what isn't happening and the guys who aren't playing well and the relationships that don't exist or whatever. And again, you know note the source, right? As soon as once a guy gets gets cut from a team in the middle of a season, probably he's not too happy about it. You know what I mean? Sure. Okay, that's fine. But, again, regardless of why, until I see it on the field, I I, I don't know what to say about the Philadelphia Eagles. They're not getting it done. And Buffalo's been better than, you know, I thought that they would be and and has shown uh, that they're, you know, a decent team, a decent team. And so I think I'll just – take them. I'm just going to take the team that's going better than the other team right now. That's all this is about. This isn't about personnel or matchups or anything else. That's the only thing it's about to me. Well, I think the Bills are a little bit better than decent. I know that their wins have been a little bit uh, left some to be desired. I mean, you beat the, the Jets, the Giants, the Bengals, the Titans, and the Dolphins. Those are 
No real good teams in there. The Titans is the best of the bunch, and that ain't saying much. Yep. They're still five and one. Personnel wise, I think the Bills have one of the best defenses in the league. Mm. They just they, they're just very average on offense. If Frank Gore continues to defy expectations, how is this guy still a workhorse running back? 10 million carries into his career. I mean, don't look down, but Frank Gore is fourth in the league history in rushing yards. He has 2,000 more rushing yards than Adrian Peterson. Think of that. I mean, it's remarkable. He's one of four guys in NFL history to rush for 15,000 yards. It's incredible. It's incredible. So, um, so uh, you know, I think that, I think that though, you gloss over the Bills and you say, well, they have a, a worn-out old running back. But he, he is old. But he's not worn out yet. Well, Devin Singletary also is a brand new running back, and who knows, you know, if, if he can get it rolling, okay. Uh, so I just think so I think, I, I, think the, I think the Bills are sort of mediocre on offense, but they've been good on offense at home. I, I got okay. the Bills as well. Okay. You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you, and you know, of course, my favorite, water slides. That's right. They got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. With the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. They got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call. Very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home, even when you're not. Last game, Sunday night football, the Green Bay Packers at the Kansas City Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes officially ruled out of this football game for Kansas City, which makes this a much easier pick for me. The Chiefs a four-point home underdog, which you would not expect, but obviously Patrick Mahomes being out changed the complexion of this game dramatically. Uh, Is that spread since he's been hurt or since he's been ruled out? I believe it is. Okay. Yeah. Uh, So... uh, it is. So, yeah, it is officially four, still at four. Um, the Green Bay Packers, man, here's what we'll say about Green Bay. They have they have gotten better basically each week. They have looked mo- better and better each week. Now, that's not, that's not going to continue just in perpetuity, but the point is, is I think that Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers are getting on the same page, and... Their defense was actually playing better earlier in this season, but it is still playing well. And Kansas City has struggled a little bit recently, and now without Patrick Mahomes, that changes everything for the Chiefs. So I'm taking the Green Bay Packers to win this game in Arrowhead and cover the four-point spread. Um, Obviously, this number would be different if Patrick Mahomes would be there, and if Patrick Mahomes was there and and healthy, probably the outcome of this game is different, uh, especially in Arrowhead. But with the way Green Bay is going right now, uh, I don't know. I think Devontae Adams is still out of this game, but that really hasn't mattered. Aaron Jones has been playing outstanding football. The offensive line has been setting it up for him. And obviously, when you got Aaron Rodgers back there, he's going to make some throws that nobody else is making, and it doesn't matter who it is that's there. Officially, Adams doubtful, I'm told. So um, I, I will take the Green Bay Packers to win this game against the the you know the significantly hamstrung Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday and win by five. 
I mean, Chiefs are, Chiefs are banged up on both sides of the ball. I mean, they're banged up on defense, too. I think Frank Clark's going to be out of this game. Chris Jones out of this game. So they're missing some defensive linemen as well. And uh, to me, I've been ragging on Aaron Rodgers for his body language and his bad attitude for the last year and however many games until last week. Year and six games. The last 22 games as a Packer. Aaron Rodgers has been driving me crazy. Last week, what did he do? He didn't throw a fit on the sidelines. He wasn't cry, being a crybaby. He smiled in the locker room after the game. Maybe because LaFleur accounted get, for six touchdowns. I understand, but like there has been a definitive... I, I think that he's had a bad attitude, but I also think that there's been a definitive and lingering break in communication between the guys that are calling the plays and the guy who's running the plays, whether it was Mike McCarthy or Matt LaFleur. For whatever reason, they seem to get on the same page last week. They've been winning in spite of maybe not being in perfect synchronicity, but they got in synchronicity last week. And like you said, six total touchdowns later, and Aaron Rodgers looked like a happy guy for the first time in a long time. So if he can maintain that and they can maintain that, look out. Because all of a sudden now they're one of the best teams in the league. I have been completely impressed with Matt LaFleur, man. And and look, man, you, you know that I'm not just saying this now because I was as skeptical as anyone about hiring the next whatever, Sean McVay, the next young offensive guy. But I am watching play development throughout the course of a football game where they are setting them up and Aaron Rodgers can just knock them down. I mean, when they are running the fullback out into the flat and you look up and there's not anybody inside of 30 yards, it doesn't matter that he runs a 5-9-40. There's nobody there. He's going to, you know, pick up a first down and big chunk plays 20% of the football field, you know? And that is on the coach who's making that happen. It's not just up to Aaron Rodgers. I mean, people go, well, you know, if Aaron Rodgers can make all these plays, you know, well, that's great and wonderful. But guess what? The coach should make some plays. The coach should make most of the plays, in fact. And then when you're in a pinch, you got 12 back there to pull through in moments where, you know, it's even or even stacked against you, you know, when the other coach wins. But if you got some plays and some some schemes that are coming together that are throwing defenses off to start, they are in trouble, man, in huge trouble. Because Aaron Rodgers isn't just a great quarterback in terms of throwing the football accuracy all that. He's a great football mind. He knows sure. what he's looking at. That he, Maybe he doesn't act the right way all the time, and rather than trying to make a play, just throws the football into the ground out of spite for the play caller, which we have seen relentlessly the past several years. But... The reason that he is angry is because he knows I would do a better job. He, he's the one who's sitting back there. He goes, if it was up to me, that we wouldn't be doing this thing that we're doing here. So uh, now you got a guy who at least initially has some innovation to it, and it looks really good. Again, all this stuff, how great was Doug Peterson the first year at in Philadelphia, and where are we at with Doug Peterson and his offense now? Not nearly as good. So this is, you know, how long a shelf life this has. But at least for now, it is working and is working in the favor of Green Bay. But again, to me, all of this, all of this is about Pat Mahomes being out. I mean, it, which I hate, man. Can you imagine Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers going at, which which to me? Now, I know that Russell Wilson has been playing probably at a higher level than anybody this season and all that. These would be the two best quarterbacks in the NFL right now playing against each other if it was Patrick Mahomes going against Aaron Rodgers. So that's TB12, right? Uh, no, including TB12. King sits on his throne until he's dethroned. No, no, no. Tom Brady's in a different 
we're not realm. we're not talking about we're not talking about careers. We're talking about who's the best right now. Is not Tom Brady. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is, has always been and always will be better at the athletic portion of playing quarterback than Tom Brady. Doesn't mean he's better. Watch the Patriots go undefeated when Tom Brady's forty-one. How how about how would how would that go over? Do you think Aaron Rodgers would not go undefeated if he was the New England Patriots quarterback? I don't because I think that him and Bill Belichick would mash heads so hard. That's that is just that's a flawed conception that you've got. <laughs> it's just flawed. It's not. It, it no. has nothing. To, I mean, it, it is not about Aaron Rodgers. Or it's not about Tom Brady. It's about Aaron Rodgers. He's better than Tom Brady is. So is Patrick Mahomes. So is Russell Wilson. And that's not saying that Tom Brady isn't still miraculous, but he is an old man and he can't really throw the football. He's a great decision maker <laughs> oh and he's great God. in the system. Save this for the mashup next week, David. He's got the best defense. Can't really throw the football. Can't wait. Okay. Hope the Packers play the Patriots in the Super Bowl. I hope Tom Brady wins by five touchdowns. Those are our picks against the spread. They're brought to us by our friends at Katie O'Keefe. Should we keep giving people stuff, Coulter? Do we want to do this? Absolutely. Okay, then. You want to go have yourself some fun? Football game tomorrow? Go to Katie O'Keefe's and Coulter. You're going to hook them up. This is a little tough because I know that our doors are closed as of five on Fridays, but we'll have it for you next week for sure. And if you're going to the Grizz game right now, tell David that, and I'll bring the gift certificate to you. Just come see us at our pregame show right by the walking But bridge. what are you giving them? We're giving them a $25 bar tab to Katie O'Keefe. Only stipulation here is that you got to use the whole thing while you are at the bar. That's right. It's Three, a one-shot deal. 329-1899. Give us a call right now. First call, you're going to get a $25 bar tab to Katie O'Keefe's 2100 Stevens Avenue in the Stevens Center. Sweet place. If you want to go watch the game, if you don't have tickets to the Grizz game, you want to go watch it, great. Head on down. If you want a great place to watch NFL football, even better. If you want a place to watch Monday Night Football, Thursday Night Football, they got great deals down there as well. So give us a call right now, 329-1899. $25 bar tab from Katie O'Keefe's where the drinks are always cold. The people are always friendly. Two-minute mashup, World Series, and the word of the day next. Colter, something people may not know about us, but we work at a company. Imagine that. We don't just broadcast from our bedrooms. I mean, I've wanted to work from home, but the studio is here, and we also do sales things, and we also have a marketing department, and we also have a general manager and a program director. We are a very integrated unit here. We even have office telephones. The only voicemail you have that's not full. That is a fact, and it's not full because Blackfoot gives me enough space to have it all. And Blackfoot has all the things that we use for our business to make it run functionally. In fact, did you know that today's phone solutions are changing the way businesses operate? To communicate more effectively with colleagues and customers, companies are turning to hosted voice. You know what they call hosted voice solutions? VoIP. What is VoIP? Well, they're the hosted voice solutions that keep up with the business demands. And Blackfoot has their own hosted voice solution, or VoIP. It's called Ergo. Sounds elegant. Ergo certainly is elegant. It's also secure, scalable, and state-of-the-art with 24-7 local account management and support. If you're interested in learning how Ergo can support your business needs, visit goblackfoot.com slash voice to learn more. One more time, it's visit goblackfoot.com backslash voice. Blackfoot takes care of us, Coulter, that can take care of you. Boys and girls, it's time for the word of the day. We're giving away a keg and a kegerator. How great is that? Uh, yeah, I know. V- quite great. 
Fred's Appliance, a kegerator. It's a fridge with a handle for your keg. That's why they call it a kegerator. And the beer to go with it from Great Burn Brewing. How outstanding is that? 200-8184 is the phone number. 200-8184 is the phone number. The word of the day today, rivalry. Rivalry. Grizzlies, Eagles, Eastern Washington, and Montana have either been first or second in the Big Sky Conference 29 of the last 31 seasons. And remarkable. And they've been going toe-to-toe and head-to-head and all of that stuff. This is a rivalry game. Rivalry is the word of the day to 200-8184. Every Friday, about this time, we have ourselves a little fun. David's been hard at work in the back putting together the two-minute mashup. A review, a two-minute review of the week that was. Here we go. Enjoy this week's Two-Tell Nuanas two-minute mashup. Oh, you're amazing. Let's talk some sports. Hello, Montana. They got hammered. The Montana Grizzlies did. The number five team in the nation by Sacramento State. You can't panic. Kevin Thompson thoroughly outplayed Dalton Seed. His eyes are like the size of saucers because mm-hmm. he's so locked in and focused. Last weekend down Sacramento, that was that was looked like the Super Bowl. They had a roof. They'd had confetti coming out of it. Losses bring weaknesses to the forefront. This is a huge game for Montana. Well, I think everybody treats us like a rivalry game. Greg Bell joins us every Monday. Nobody on the field was fast enough to catch up to Lamar Jackson. Thomas was woofing the teammates and <laughs> gesturing to the sideline. Not with a middle finger this time. He is a meandering river. Every game in this league should be played between a 12 and a 2 o'clock kickoff. We're ready to go at 6.30 every morning. Coming off the bye week, getting that taste out of our mouth from that Sacramento State who evidently is a pretty good football team. I hope that I do get fined. Bombs. I mean, the Class A playoffs are setting up to be just epic this year. You'd have a whole new genre, though, because you have cowboy hats. <laughs> Cam Humphrey is really good. Whoa! Whoa! What is going on here? His arm talent is comparable to Matt Struck at Idaho State. I just don't know if he can hang. If I knew the answer to that, I'd probably be doing something else. He would have probably chosen Forrest. I find him lame. I don't understand the point. So what? I only see what I want. He's trying to make it fun. He's short. That's a good point. That's a fact. Tom Miller covering North Dakota for the Grand Forks Herald with us uh, here this afternoon. Like half of uh, UND's defense, that will be a game time decision. Jake Mayer joining us. He's the uh, quarterback of the UC Davis Aggies. This opponent we have coming into our house is uh, very worthy. We're, uh, we're trying to create an environment that's fun, that has a lot of energy, it's electric. You know, we're, we're really excited for the last month here. If we can keep this keep this thing rolling and, and keep fans and students excited, then um, UC Davis is going to be a spot to be. Colton, do you feel like, you know, just alone and lonely over there, sitting there, no need for you? I'm impervious to all of that. I hate conversations with no points. Oh, uh, 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 am I on? Nobody understands. He's like two Tutelian. Sam Herter covers the FCS for Hero Sports. Yeah, we're all, we're all friends here, right? All these ESPN guys coming to town. Where are they staying? Where, where are they putting them? We have a significant, you know, 60 and over demographic. Shout out to all of you. My eyes are bleeding by 2 o'clock in the morning. Get over it. You get rid of your family, we could. You know, that's my goal. <laughs> now, see, that is where, I mean, that's not real. That's not actually my goal. That was in reference to something else, but that's why it's a matchup. A mashup. Uh, great work, David. Excellent work. Enjoyed that very much. Uh, that was a lot of fun. That will be available for you to listen to throughout the week. Make that into a little promo and have that uh, air. Why are you videoing me? You I mean, just do what NBA Graph tells me okay. to. Okay. What is Yeah, yeah. NBA he says Graph. that's what his buddies call him. NBA so it's Graph. NBA Graph. Okay. David. In the lab, cooking it up. Yeah, I guess so. He's like a DJ and a point guard all at once. Uh, 
As we leave you here in about 90 seconds, we send you out to the nation's capital for the first ever World Series game in Washington, D.C. of this franchise. Now, I know the Senators, I think in 1933, were there or whatever, but from the Expos that became the Nationals, uh, the first ever one, it's going to be rocking in D.C. <laughs> as these two uh, uh, teams slug it out in Game 3. Zach Grinke going for the Houston Astros and talk about some pressure on old Zach Grinke to get it done against Anibal Sanchez down 0-2. Why are you laughing at me? Because when my brother was a little kid, he was obsessed with the Montreal Expos. Oh, I know. He loved them. Vlad and the whole thing. I asked thing. him, who are you going for in the World Series? He said, the Expos, duh. <laughs> <laughs> um, tomorrow, we will be on the air at 10.30 a.m. Get you ready for the with the pregame show. Get you ready for Grizzlies Eastern Washington. Tune in then. Come by and see us over at the tailgate party adjacent to the walking bridge. Hang out. Get yourself a drink. Get some food. Throw a mini football around. Have a lot of fun. Uh, and then, of course, we'll be on the air after uh, the uh, football game as well with the postgame show. And then game four of the World Series Saturday, Sunday, 9 a.m. Seattle Seahawks, Atlanta Falcons pregame show, 11 o'clock kickoff. And if there is a game five, we'll have it for you on ESPN Radio Sunday evening. Okay, so jam-packed for you on ESPN here. Thanks for being with us all week. We appreciate each and every one of you. We think you're great. Enjoy World Series Game 3 from the nation's capital right now. We ran into Jessica White and a little moonshine got us right Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.